0: I believe, and I sincerely believe, that introducing competition into the NHS will drive up quality, outcomes and efficiency, delivering major improvements for patients, the public and the taxpayer. But we do need to take the heat out of the debate on the role of competition in healthcare. There can be good and bad Competition. Competition in the US fee for service sector has driven up costs and fragmented care, but it has delivered real choice, the choice that the Americans hold dear. But in contrast, as Chris and the Kings Fund have shown, Managed care providers in the US, such as Kaiser and Geisinger and Group Health, have improved health outcomes and managed costs, but have not always promoted choice. So we should be clear that competition is a means, not an end. We need to use it to help us meet the challenges that we face. And what I'd like to talk about today is how, over the last four years, the East of England has used competition, has been driving competition into the NHS and opening up the market to improve uh, healthcare for the people of the East of England. We've driven commercial engagement in the NHS in the East of England. We've set up a commercial advisory board and an independent competition panel. They are the only examples of their kind nationally. We've actively promoted the use of the extended choice network, and the NHS in the East of England is one of the biggest users uh, nationally of that extended choice network and of independent sector providers. In 2008-9, we led the way nationally. We brought together six SHAs together to commission some regional health market analysis. But unlike other SHAs, we did not pay lip service to competition. And we worked with primary care trusts to produce a detailed list of competition opportunities, of tendering opportunities, PCT by PCT over about £1.9 billion over a three-year period, which only the debacle of NHS as a preferred provider policy put a stop to. Nevertheless, undeterred over the last two years, uh, the East of England has also run two competitions designed to deliver a step change in NHS uh, performance. We've run the first NHS competition to find a foundation trust to take over a failing NHS trust at Bedfordshire and Luton. And we've also run the first open competitive process whereby public and private sector providers have competed to run a district general hospital at Hinchinbrook. We are also exploring, and I'll say a little bit about this, how to use competition to deliver integrated care and to focus on improving long-term conditions. So we're, we're not uh, one-trick ponies. And we've been promoting competition not because we are ideological, uh, because we wanted to turn the NHS in the east of England uh, around. We were the basket case region. That's a technical phrase, Chris. Uh, and we wanted to deliver 11 outcome-based pledges around improving the patient experience, around improving health and reducing unfairness in health. And we wanted to work with the best-placed providers, not just any mediocre provider, the best-placed providers. If we were going to be the best region in the country, delivering the best healthcare To the people of the East of England, we need to work with the best providers, not just the ones that we are, in a sense, given. Now, the NHS is plagued by good and bad variation, good and bad quality, good and bad productivity. We know, for example, that if the NHS was performing at truly world-class levels, we could save an extra 5,000 lives from cancer every year. So we wanted to bring in the best. And that can mean from the NHS and other regions, but it can also be from outside. We are not, to repeat, ideological about it. We just want the best deal for patients. And I think Carol's uh, and Anna have articulated that we know from all the management consultants and the gurus and the academics' literature that new entrants can drive up performance and challenge incumbents to do do better. So let me move on to just explain how we've used competition to bring in the best in the east of England. Uh, Bedfordshire and Luton Mental Health Trust was a struggling mental health provider. It had quality and safety issues. Now, to stabilise the organisation, we put in an interim chief exec into the trust while we ran the first-ever NHS competition for another foundation trust to take it over. Now, this was not a cosy NHS transaction like the heart of England. This was a national competition to find the best-placed foundation trust to take it over, and we conducted the competition on commercial MA principles, I was told personally several times that no one would be interested. We received over 20 expressions of interest from right across the country and from the four corners of the country. And through the process we whittled this down to four serious bidders and they were all on Anna's uh, previous healthcare ratings rated as excellent organisations. Now, as part of their winning bid, South Essex Partnership Foundation Trust, SEPT, as they're known locally, set out to invest nearly £7 million in in services and nearly £14 million in estates over a three-year period. And as a consequence, there's already been a significant transformation in commissioning and contractual and performance uh, relationships and arrangements. But this should be unsurprising, SEPT have an outstanding track record that even Mark Britnell, that self-publicist, would be proud of. Um, Now, Patrick Gagan, the chief exec of SEPT, was awarded NHS Leader of the Year in 2010, and SEPT were one of the first mental health trusts in the country to not only achieve foundation trust status, but also to achieve university status. So let me now turn to Hinchinbrook. Hinchinbrook is a small, financially challenged district general hospital. It has a £40 million debt, on a £90 million turnover. Now, following a consultation in 2007, uh, we considered options for repaying the historic debt. And after evaluating the options, uh, we decided that running an open competition between the NHS and the independent sector, let me repeat, between the NHS and uh, the independent sector, again, we're looking for the best deal for patients, not prejudicing one sector over another, and we ran an open competition for an innovative operating franchise as the best, you know, we decided that was the best way of finding a sustainable solution for Hinchinbrook. Now, what is in that operating franchise? Well, um, Hinchinbrook will enter into a, an operating franchise agreement with the franchisee for a specific period, and we are recommending to the Department of Health and Treasury 10 uh, years. The operating principle behind the franchise is that the franchise is fully part of the NHS family. They will be paid at NHS prices. They will have to meet NHS quality standards. They will have to have NHS contracts. They will follow NHS planning cycles. There will be no demand guarantees. Commissioners can change services over the full life of the franchise. Nevertheless, under the Agreement: The franchisee will commit to delivering broadly the same range of services uh, currently provided at the hospital, including A&E and maternity services. You can't cherry-pick, you can't cream-skim a whole hospital. But ultimately, the franchisee will need to respond to commissioners' evolving needs. And to reiterate, there are no guarantees, no demand guarantees, no income guarantees around the franchise. If commissioners want to change things, they can Uh, The franchisee will pay a fee which will be used to contribute to repaying the historic deficit and staff and assets will remain within uh, the NHS and overseen by a small residual trust board. And the public will continue to receive services free at the point of delivery, free at the point of need. So this is not privatisation. Staff, assets remain in the NHS, services continue to be free at the point of need. Now while we were conducting this process, the financial impact of QIP was becoming clearer and NHS Cambridgeshire was also seeking to devolve power to GPs ahead of the coalition's plans. So we asked bidders through this process whether they could meet, additionally, a £230 million QIP challenge and break-even, even before paying off the debt. Uh, this is the bit below the iceberg, and it is important because QIP uh, and the challenges that Quip presents effectively dwarf the debt. And although I've spoken about this uh, many times in, in many public meetings, and I've done a lot over the past 18 months, the public still fail to grasp that the challenges faced by the NHS in terms of the Nicholson challenges, as Stephen Dorrell would refer to it as, are huge. Now, so what was the outcome? The process secured two credible potential partners, both of whom could secure the Quip Ask under contract. Uh, let me repeat that. Both of whom could secure the Quip Ask under contract. But Circle won the competition, and we're recommending to the Department of Health and Treasury that Circle are appointed and as the preferred bidder, because they have plans to also repay the debt over a 10 year period. Circle aims to do this by empowering uh, clinicians to improve productivity and reduce length of stay and Circle already have experience in transforming NHS services. They've done this in Nottingham, they've done it in Burton and they've delivered 20% improvements in productivity in the first years of operation. They're already doing over 130,000 NHS patients per annum. But we also need new models of competition aligned to 21st century challenges. The number of people aged over 85 in this country is going to double over the next 20 years. The cost of new medicines has nearly doubled over the last 10 years. Any qualified provider and the tariff are designed for episodic care. They're not designed for integrated care. They're not designed for delivering long-term care. So in the east of England, I've been working... Very closely with Steve Leitner, he's a Hertfordshire GP, he's also our Associated Medical Director. And we've been looking at developing a new model that focuses on some of these challenges. And we've been working on the idea of tendering for an integrating pathway hub. Now we're discussing with PCTs and GPs the possibility of running a pilot competition to find the best place provider to provide integrated services right across The care pathway and we would look to secure efficiencies and improved quality by agreeing through competition a fixed pathway budget covering the direct provision of key services and the coordination of other services. Now, this is a radical idea, but it uses competition to focus on on some of the challenges that Chris and the King's Fund have been urging us to pay attention. So let me uh, conclude. I would argue that our experiences with Henshinbrook and Bedfordshire and Luton, as well as our thinking around developing an integrated pathway hub, highlight how we can use and harness competition to bring in new ideas, to drive up quality, and to secure better value for money for uh, the taxpayer. Um, These have been competitions that free up uh, the provision of healthcare, and we've been looking to appoint not just any willing provider, uh, not just any qualified provider, but the best qualified provider, the best willing provider who can meet NHS quality standards, price requirements, but it will also promote greater choice and bring in innovation and drive improvement. I believe these are taxpayer and patient priorities, they're not political priorities. Thank you.